We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Get ready for the ultimate comic book extravaganza. Terrificon is back at Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut from July 28th to the 30th. Over 100 comic book creators, tons of celebrities, and hundreds of vendors all under one roof. Meet your favorite comic book writers and artists, mingle with celebrities from movies and TV, and explore a treasure trove of comics and collectibles. Terrificon, where dreams come true for comic book fans. Don't miss out July 28th to 30th at Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut. Get your tickets now at Terrificon.com. Terrificon, the ultimate comic book experience. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntress here. We switch from comic books to television, talking to Andrew Robinson, fantastic actor, uh, was the bad guy, the Scorpio killer in Dirty Harry, was uh, the weasel in Charlie Varick, played Liberace in the late 80s in a television movie biopic. But we all know him best as Garrick, the Cardassian, who you could never turn your back on on Star Trek Deep Space Nine for seven years. And he just brought these incredible nuances to this character. And at times, as we say in the interview, uh, he was comic relief, having lunch with uh, Dr. Bashir, and then uh, could very easily be ready to kill some of our favorite uh, characters on DS9. Because uh, again, uh, the ends justified the means as far as Garrick was concerned. Uh, a former spy, a tailor, a former gardener, uh, keeping surveillance on uh, the Romulans. Uh, a very interesting, colorful background. In fact, uh, not only uh, for the television show, but uh, 20 years ago, Andy wrote uh, A Stitch in Time, a Deep Space Nine novel. And uh, wow, they finally uh, wised up and got him to do an audiobook. And it comes out at the beginning of August. August 1st, you'll be able to buy the audible book of A Stitch in Time. Andrew Robinson's uh, Garrick biography uh, that takes place after the series, but also looks back at his life. Uh, unbelievable stuff. Great moments on camera with uh, some of our favorite actors from uh, Clint Eastwood to Walter Matthau to uh, Joe Don Baker. Uh, it's uh, a really uh, a fun career. And uh, we talk about it all, but a lot of talk about Garrick and a lot of some of Garrick's greatest moments will be reflected in this conversation. Andrew Robinson for the hour on today's Word Balloon. Word Balloon is brought to you by AlexRossArt.com. Alex will be at San Diego Comic-Con in uh, just a few weeks. His booth number is 2415. You can't miss the Alex Ross booth. Uh, always this incredible gallery presentation of some of his most iconic covers and interiors but also new stuff as well that you will likely see on your favorite comic covers in the months ahead. 
make sure you check out alexrossart.com at San Diego Comic Con, booth 2415. It's always uh, very distinctly and gigantically located in the center of the action in San Diego on the main convention floor. Check it out or go online for alexrossart.com. Word Balloon is brought to you by my followers, the League of Word Balloon Listeners. That's the name I gave my uh, followers uh, through Patreon. Patreon.com slash Word Balloon. Listen, things are tough this year. I won't deny it for me uh, financially. If you've ever considered supporting Word Balloon, I could really use your help. So uh, if you think Word Balloon is worth the price of a comic book, uh, even a dollar a month would be greatly appreciated. Patreon.com slash word balloon thank you very much for your uh, patronage and your attention the league of word balloon listeners if you uh, subscribe to word balloon i will send you an email that will have a domino mask and cape and a nice league of word balloon uh listeners emblem that uh, you've seen here on word balloon as well but uh, thank you for your support patreon.com slash word balloon andy robinson welcome to word balloon Man, I got to tell you, I am such a fan, and it's been fun going back prior to Deep Space Nine and discovering things that I saw you in and didn't realize, hey, that's the same guy. So welcome, and, and really, thank you for the body of work and uh, the years of entertainment. Well, thank you, John. I mean, you know, when you're as old as I am, I mean, <laughs> the, the body just gets bigger in more ways than one. <laughs> well... I want to start with uh, some of your earlier pre D uh, Space Nine performances. Also, right off the bat, we should mention that Andy's going to be at Terrificon as we're recording this in two weekends, right at the weekend after uh, San Diego Comic Con, and um, that's right. Mohegan Sun, the last weekend in July, and uh, we're all excited to see you, some of your other uh, fellow Trek performers over the years, and uh, it's going to be great. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be... And also, God, you know, the the uh, actor's strike just started. And uh, the good news is you guys can still do conventions and meet the fans. So so that's wonderful, that that allowance. I was a little scared for a moment that that might put the kibosh on you guys being able to do conventions. Yeah, I, I, I wondered about that myself. But, you know, I, 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 uh, you know, but I, I couldn't quite figure out since it's not... And I'm, and I, it's neither a writer's guild or an equity contract. So, um, but anyway, you know, but I'm, I'm glad we're, we're able to, you know, do this too. It's wonderful. Well, let me ask, and I'll come back to even your, your pre film career, but I really wanted to ask about a couple of early roles. I know you probably get thousands of questions regarding Dirty Harry. And, uh, again, it's one of those things like, oh my God, there's Andy Robinson. That's fantastic, man. So what was any any great stories about working with Clint and working on this amazing movie? Well, you know, the, 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 the Dirty Harry was uh, you know, was my first film, and it was uh, it was a joy. It was like a it was like a great gift. Um, I, I I can't tell you. I, I, obviously, it changed my life. I no other show uh, uh, up until Star Trek has changed my life in quite that way, um, and it was. Uh, you know, working with a great director, uh, you know, Don Siegel. He was yes. a brilliant director working with Clint. But it was Don Siegel who was, who was you know, in, in a sense, my mentor. And uh, and I learned more about 
film acting from him than than from anybody else I I'd, I'd worked with since. Uh, it was a uh, it was a memorable experience, uh, you know, and I had no idea. I, at first, I thought, well, you know, when I read the script, and it's only because I didn't know about film scripts, I was just a theater actor. And I thought, well, this this guy doesn't have much to do. I don't have much to say. <laughs> and it shows how little I understood about, you know, how film works. Um, and, 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 you know, and when I was doing it, I had a great time. You know, the, the, the checks cleared the bank. And I figured, well, that would be that. And then... And then this thing happens, you know, it was, it was kind of overwhelming, John. Do we understand each other? Huh? Do we understand each other? Don't pass out on me yet. No, 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 not yet. Not yet. Don't pass out on me yet, you rotten oinker. Do we understand each other? If you care what happens to the girl, you better answer me. All right. All right. Now listen to me carefully. I've changed my mind. I'm going to let her die. I just wanted you to know that. Well, again, I mean, my God, it's uh, uh, to be in that kind of movie, and especially your first movie, that's amazing. The yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, the other early movie that I, it's one of my absolute favorites is Charlie Varick with Walter Matthau. Oh, yeah. And I did that a year, a year later, right. Wow. Yeah. And who was the director on that one? Don Siegel. I thought so. Okay, yeah, man. So Don that's yeah. So and, and 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 that's another wonderful movie. I mean, unfortunately, I guess I don't know. This Universal needed a tax write-off or something, but they just let it die. And I thought, I thought it was it was a wonderful movie. Absolutely. It was very obviously very different from from Dirty Harry. It had a different pace and a, and, and and a whole you know a, a different feel to it. Uh, but you know, but it was it, it was. Uh, the two times I've worked with him were were wonderful experiences. Well, and a, and a change for Matthau, obviously mostly known. Well, at least um, I know he had done drama prior to Charlie Farrick and earlier in his career. But certainly with the Odd yeah. Couple and a lot of comedies, more known for that. But this and Laughing Policeman and Taking of Pelham One Two Three it was great to see Matthau in these crime movies. And uh, oh, yeah, no. and and really also again a very different role from a Dirty Harry for you the guy who betrays Matthau and ultimately is yeah. being chased by Matthau that's again what a, what a what a cool movie and and I'm I'm sorry to hear that it was neglected um, when it was coming out in the theaters do people ask you about Charlie Varick yeah they do now, not nearly as much as uh, as Dirty Harry. Sure, uh, but, but simply because it, you know Charlie Varick really never got it to do, uh, and and it's a favorite. It's a favorite film by by a lot of you know um, good people, uh, and deservedly so. I'm asking you nicely. Where's the money? Charlie's got it. God, he was so scared because I wanted to give it back. You want to give the money back? Yeah. Why? Huh? Why did you want to give the money back, Harmon? Uh, because... Because uh, uh, it's... Huh? Mafia money, that's what... Oh. How did you know that? Charlie told me. Well, who told Charlie? Huh? Who fingered the job? Was it Young? Hmm? Huh? I, I... I don't know. <laughs> Young doesn't have the balls for a deal like that. It was Boyle, wasn't it? I wish I did know, man. 
but that's you know one one never knows you 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 get a job and you do the best you can in the job and as i say you just hope that the check clears the bank and and you move on and you never know you you know i mean you, you know what, what what the hell is what the repercussions if there are going to be any uh so yeah it's it's it, that's that's the life of an actor understood and and truly uh both to star trek fans and crime fans I always, uh, believe me, I'm an advocate for Charlie Varick. It really is one of my all-time favorite movies. And it's like, it's such a surprise. Everybody in the cast, including, wasn't it, uh, wasn't it Felicia Farr that played? Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, Jack Lemmon's wife. Right. And uh, and Joe Don Baker. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, this is this cool movie that if you know your your stars, it's like, all these people made this movie. And like you said, Don Siegel. And it, it really is from start to finish. I think it is uh, a unique crime movie and a, and a very entertaining one. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, yeah, good. I'm glad you brought that up. Good. Thank you, John. <laughs> and also, um, wow, I didn't know, and and uh, watched a little bit of it today in preparation, but your TV movie playing Liberace, man, you nailed yeah. it. And, and it's so funny because, Andrew, it really is just a, a slight variation of your voice. And it's like, God, that is perfect casting, of course, and you're so great in it. It really is a wonderful performance. No, thank you. I, I loved it. So how do you feel about the palimony claim by Thorson being dismissed? Well, I feel a lot better, obviously. I could have stopped the whole thing before it started by paying off, but that would have meant giving in. I've never given in. Over 30 years ago, I sued Confidential Magazine and won a settlement of $40,000. Do you still claim you're not a homosexual? I'm not claiming anything. I just don't happen to believe that entertainers should publicly air their sexual or political taste. Look, I've always admitted that my act borders on drag, but I'm not a female impersonator. I have a general family audience appeal, and I don't want to develop a gay following. It's going to take many years before the family audience accepts people who are totally gay or come out on Johnny Carson. I've seen careers hurt by that kind of thing. But with a name like Liberace, which stands for freedom, I'm for anything that has the letters L-I-B in it, and that includes gay lib. And again, I mean, you know, Republic Pictures got into some legal hassle, and, and again, that... that you know that film really never got shown very much. You wow. know, after, after the initial showing, so I'm going. You know, you're you're pulling you're pulling these you know these neglected gems out of your hat. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm I'm impressed. Thank you. Oh, you're very kind, man. Well, honestly, you are a versatile actor, and we'll, we certainly will get to Garrick uh, in a moment. But absolutely, and the cool thing is, um, and I and I I feel bad for people who might get some sort of back end. I imagine that wasn't part of your deal. But uh, the Liberace movie is on YouTube, and that is how I was able to watch it. Um, yeah, that's right. Well, good, good. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, folks. If you haven't seen it, see it. Amen. You know, it's, 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 <laughs> it, it, it's really good. And I'm, I'm very proud of the way I faked playing the piano. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't fake singing, and uh, you singing I'll Be Seeing You was outstanding. Yeah, yeah. And they wanted to dub me, and I thought, wait, what are you talking about? I mean, like Liberace, you know, he he, he, he wasn't Pavarotti, for I mean, you know, I, I can at least do as good a job as, as dear Liberace did with that song. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So I'm I'm curious, and and this will be a bit of again about your background. Garrick uh, is a as an expatriate, having to live on the on the space station and not able to stay on Cardassia. And under happier circumstances, you spent time in England studying and had a a, a Fulbright uh, scholarship, correct? Yes. And did that did that inform uh, any of your portrayal of Garrick? Well, you know, not n- not really. You, you know what informed my portrayal of Garrick was Liberace. Now, <laughs> it's it's so that's so funny that you mentioned. I think of Liberace and Garrick as being first cousins. <laughs> you know, that's that's what. I mean, my my time in drama school in England on, on a Fulbright, which I could never have afforded. Uh, you know, um, it was it, it was was a turning point in my life. It was. Uh, that's when I decided this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Uh, it was a great, great you know time that I spent there. I was just this you know this this poor dude from Hartford, and, you know, and suddenly I find myself in this place where I, I I quite frankly felt way 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 you know over my head. I mean I was you know, but the thing is it was a, it was a great it was a great training you know and and and. So, Set me forth into the world for better or for worse. Well, between Fulbright and, and Deep Space Nine, the Liberace movie, obviously, and of course, Varric and, and Dirty Harry, but also countless television guest shots and, and various things. But um, how uh, how did they come to cast you for Garrick in Deep Space Nine? Well, yeah, originally I was up for the role of Odo, and, uh, and it came down to... Uh, there are three of us, you know, um, and of course, Rene Aubergenois, rest his soul, he, he rightfully got the role. And then, uh, and then shortly after that, uh, they, they, uh, you know, they asked me to come in and read for Garrett. Okay. And, and as you said, you, you kind of consider Garrick to be a cousin of Liberace's. Um, I'll yeah. He- go, yeah, explain yeah. that, please. And also, the thing is, but it's interesting you, you would mention the connection to drama school because, it, it, you know, as is, case, as is the case with, the, with a lot of the Star Trek characters, there, there's a Shakespearean quality to it, you know, and, you know, Shakespearean cadence. And, um, uh, and so that, that, that was very much, you know, like, you know, part of it. So you, you're actually right in your first, uh, I mean, you're, you're spot on. Um, but in, but in terms of, of playing him, I mean, it was the, the thing, the, the secret really was the makeup and the costume, because I, I, I had no idea what to do with the character, really didn't. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm quite amazed that I got through the audition well enough to, you know, to be offered the role. But it wasn't really until I put on, until they, they put that makeup on me and, and the costume that suddenly, oh, yeah, that's the character. I, I, I get it. And, and for instance, I still can't do, I really can't do Garrick's voice without the makeup. Um, it's, it's funny, and, and that costume. The, uh, I've just finished, I, I wrote this book, A Stitch in Time, you know, because I so fell in love with the character of Garrick. Yes. And, and I, I just wrote this book about him. But, but also the book came out of, like, you know, figuring out what the hell is an alien? What's a Cardassian? <laughs> you know, what, what, you know, I mean, and so I, I since there wasn't a lot of uh, Cardassian footage to look at, other than, you know, I think Marco Limo and uh, David Warner 
we're Cardassians on, on Next Gen. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but they were very different from, you know, and, and, and that wasn't really very helpful. And so that's when I started writing about it. But just recently, I put the book, you know, Simon Schuster, uh, you know, asked me to, you know, put the book on tape. Yes. Uh, on, on audio, on, on tape. That's, I know what you mean. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, and I got close. I got close to the voice. But I, but I had a great time doing it because I felt like I was, I was, I was doing Garrick again. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing because, uh, you know, I, I, put on that, I put on the gear and, and suddenly I was there. I was, all I had to do was just learn my lines. Well, I have to say, first of all, the audiobook is coming out literally right after Terrificon. That that that's right. Early August, August first. Yes, that's I've right. I've uh, I've already pre-ordered, and I'm very excited uh, to. Bless your soul. Oh, Andy, honestly, um, I I was aware of uh, Stitch in Time, your book, and that was 20 years ago when you wrote it. Sorry to age yeah. us both uh, mentioning that, no, but yeah. Well, listen, you can look at it positively. I'm glad we're both still alive. Here, here. Indeed, uh, but uh, but no, this is going to be great. And honestly, Andy, I appreciate what you're saying that it maybe took the mask and the costume to really get the character. But I did also just see uh, on uh, Alex uh, Sedig's um, uh, webs or YouTube channel that uh, performance you and Cyric Lofton and Nana Vistor and and, oh, and Alexander. Right, sure. uh, man, you guys did this like table read sort of. Uh, presentation of a new DS9 story, and to yeah. me, it must it must have been like slipping on a comfortable, you know, pair of slippers or coat because you didn't have any yeah. the of the makeup, and there you were. It was Garrick again, man. You had the voice, you had the cadence, and the chemistry you had with these characters. It's it's great to hear. Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, it's and, you know once once but you know listen i mean we, i spent 7 years with that guy yeah as 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 well as writing a book so i mean i could actually you know if go out there and 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 do them you know tomorrow if if anybody would ever 
was ever interested in asking me. Well, and again, I don't want to... Um, there, there are rules. There are SAG rules of what people can and can't talk about. Um, would you entertain, theoretically, uh, an offer to come back on one of these new Star Trek shows to play a different character? Oh, sure. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I just had too much fun. I mean, that, jo- that, was a, that job was a lot of fun. I mean, the worst part about the job was the early calls in the morning and, sure. and sitting, in a, sitting in a makeup chair for, you know, several hours and, you know, having that, that stuff put on me. But after that, it was like, it, it, was, it, was, it, was a, it was a gift. It was a gift from the acting gods. Well, and the and the dynamics that the character went through in those seven years, and sometimes you're you were comic relief, and sometimes you were quite treacherous. That that two parter uh, that uh, puts you and, and Paul Dooley back together when you guys attack yes. the Dominion. What a, my God! You and Renee and the interrogation yes. scene of trying to get whatever information and stuff. <laughs> Talk to me! Tell me something! Anything! Lie if you have to, but say it now, please! Go home! I want to go home! And you will, I promise! As soon as this is all over, I promise I'll take you back to Deep Space Nine! No! Not a station! Home with my gay she wanted to return to the founders. I thought you turned your back on them. I did, but still my people tried to deny it. I tried to forget, but I can't. They're my people, and I want to be with them in the Great Link. I knew there was something secret you were holding back. And now you found it. I hope it's useful. I mean, that's you two guys. I mean, you, you guys are great, and all the chemistry you had with the the entire cast. But I can't tell you how many times I've rewatched uh, that two parter. It really is an amazing ep- uh, two episodes. It, it, it is. It is. It is really. They're they're really good. And working working with Renee and Paul Dooley, both. I mean, oh God bless them. They uh, fabulous actors. Really. I mean, I uh, just. You know, it was just fortunate, you know, to, to have had the opportunity of working with, with actors like that. All your enemies are dead. Good. A man shouldn't allow his enemies to outlive him. Then you can die happy. Unless you still consider me your enemy. Ilum, promise me one thing. I'm listening. Don't die here. Escape. Let me guess. So that I can make the Dominion pay for what they've done to you. You wouldn't deny an old man his revenge, would you? I'll do as you ask. On one condition. That you don't ask me this favor as a mentor or a superior officer. But as a father asking his son. You're not my son. Father, father, you're dying. For once in your life, speak the truth. I should have killed your mother before you were born. You have always been a weakness. 
I can't afford. So you've told me many times. Listen, Iran. All I ask is that for this moment, let me be your son. You mentioned how long it took you in makeup, obviously, and and mentioning Shakespeare. Uh, I'm I'm a Greek guy, so I am aware of you know classic Greek theater and masks. I've heard Armin and Renee speak about uh, that experience and working with that kind of makeup. And you know, was that the same experience for you? Yes, absolutely. Because you you really did have to project. It. I mean, the makeup and you know with with inexperienced, they were sometimes unfortunately an inexperienced uh, actor would would show up on set and having to you know wear alien makeup. And the makeup would overwhelm them. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you 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 really had to you know to to, to project beyond you know the the, the makeup. Uh, it, 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 you you couldn't just give a a naturalistic performance because it just it just would die, because the makeup is so extraordinary. You know the the makeup that the Westmore and 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 his people, you know all the various makeups that they put together, they're they're special. They 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 cry for uh, a, a style, a style of acting, but a style of acting that's appropriate for that character. And, and, if, you, and if you just go in and just try to do, you know, like, a, you know, a, a naturalistic kind of easy sort of like soft-spoken performance, it, it, the, the makeup will kill you. And also you, you're defying the expectation of, of, the, of, the, of the people who are watching. Because when, when you see a, a character like, you know, the way, I mean, what, the, the experience I had when I first saw myself in the mirror after, after having put the makeup and the costume <laughs> on, I mean, it, it, it cries out for something that's really special. Agreed. I, uh, and was it, was it ever claustrophobic being under that yeah. kind of latex? The first time was the horrible time. Because I am claustrophobic. You know, oh wow! And, and that and and that scene, you know, in, in the in the Jem Hadar prison camp where Garrick is is has claustrophobia. I think the writers knew I was claustrophobic, and those those fuckers they decided they were going to take advantage of it. Uh, <clears throat> um, but yeah, and so the first time I put it on, and you know, I thought, oh my god, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. This is this is really heavy. I'm sweating like hell. I'm and, you know, I'm having a hard time breathing. And then the capper was when they put that heavy black wig on top of me. I felt like I was being sealed. Wow. Uh, but it, but it's, it's, it's so funny what happens, you know. I mean, it's, it's more than just the actor's ego. It's, it's like when I saw myself in the mirror, I realized, wow, this is such an opportunity. This is such an opportunity to do something I've never done before. And, uh, and 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 I'd, I'd be a fool if I were to sort of like pop out. Understood. The dynamic you had with uh, with uh, Sadig, and I know that's that's his real name, and I I understand why he changed it uh, from and maybe even from a uh, getting gig uh, standpoint. But did, yeah. I mean, how much um, uh, not behind the camera, but like rehearsing or whatever to develop the dynamic that you had with Doctor Bashir. Can you talk no, about that? that? Was, see, that was like that, that's why I got the job, John. I, 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 and in the end, I got the job because they were looking for a storyline 
for uh, Sid's uh, character, you know, Dr. Bashir. Yes. Uh, and he was one of the few regulars that, at, by that point, that, that they didn't have a storyline for. So they came up with this idea of, you know, of an older guy who may be a spy, <clears throat> an alien. And, uh, and, and so they just, you know, if, if we hadn't hit it off, if, if there hadn't been chemistry between us, uh, you know, I, I, uh, that, 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 would, that first episode would have been the last. I hope I'm not boring you, Doctor. Oh, not at all. No, I, I, I was just up late last night. Uh, entertaining one of your lady friends? Unfortunately not. No, I was reading the last few chapters of The Never-Ending Sacrifice. Isn't it superb? Without a doubt, the finest Cardassian novel ever written. I'll take your word for it. Uh, so you didn't enjoy it? Well, I, I, I thought it was interesting. Maybe a, a little dull, in parts. I can't believe that I'm having lunch with a man who thinks the never-ending sacrifice is dull. Oh, I just thought the story got a little redundant after a while. I mean, the author's supposed to be chronicling seven generations of a single family, but he tells the same story over and over again. All of his characters lead selfless lives of duty to the state, grow old, and die. Then the next generation comes along and does it all over again. But that's exactly the point, Doctor. The repetitive epic is the most elegant form in Cardassian literature, and the never-ending sacrifice is its greatest achievement. None of his characters ever really come alive. And there's more to life than duty to the state. A uh, Federation viewpoint, if ever I heard one. Uh, but as it turns out, you know, we, we love working with each other. And, and the very first moments, you know, when I, I, I actually, when I saw, you know, Dr. Winnie, you got to see Dr. Bashir. And is, you know, for whatever reasons, you know, that you may be trying to, to, to turn a member of the Federation and to get information out of him and so forth. But equally strong was his just his, his, his attraction. To Dr. Bashir, this young, beautiful young man. Yes, and and that's the other thing too. I thought, well, yeah, and that's 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 another thing about you know playing an alien. You know, I mean, they they don't. You know, I I, I decided that they don't have these sexual hangups about who's you know <laughs> you know gay, who's not, yeah. who's bi, whatever. I mean, you know, and I've always said that Garrick was sort of omnisexual. He was attracted, you know, to anything, you know, that that would be fine with him. Well, and again, this is um, an alien race and also it's the far future. So I think that is very acceptable. We already had interspecies relationships in, in Star Trek with Spock's parents being Earthling and, and uh, Vulcan. So why okay. not? And uh, and it, it's so funny. I, it never occurred to me until I've seen you in convention panels say that um, Garrick had a crush or a deep affection for Julian. Oh, definitely. And that's I, so great. I, and I, yeah, it's very strong sexual attraction. <laughs> There's no question. That's... I mean, I, I leave it up to fan fiction to you know to like you know <laughs> to determine whether or not it was consummated or not. But I mean, but, but as far as I'm concerned, you know, it it was like it was he was he was smitten by Doctor Bashir. But at the same time, yeah, and that's the beauty of Garrett. He was also working him as much as he could for information. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what about uh, Ducant's daughter Zial? Because clearly she was fascinated by Garrick, obviously had a deep crush on him. What do you think? I don't know. What do you think? 
I like it. Don't you? Rom, it's two handkerchiefs and a loincloth. I suppose we could lose the handkerchiefs. Ferengi tradition or no Ferengi tradition, I am not going to be naked at my wedding. Who said anything about naked? You'll still have the loincloth. <gasps> Please show us something else. There is nothing else. I've shown you 153 different wedding dresses from Tellarite modern to Rhysian traditional and you've hated them all. Well, I like number 38. Number 38? It had more layers than a Baduvian tapestry. It was elegant. It was bulky. I liked 64. 64? Yeesh. Well, at least they agree on something. Why don't you just let Garrick design a dress on his own? You know, whatever he comes up with will be beautiful. My dear, I find your blind adoration both flattering and disturbing. But she does have a point. And I know there was a connection, but I also wondered if there was a slight uh, hand up to say, all right, take it easy, my dear. And I mean, you you were very, uh, you know, you had a lot of uh, chivalry uh, going on. But it but it also I, I don't know. You tell me what was what were Garrick's feelings towards the L? Well, you know, I think Garrick was, you know, I mean, it, it was, see, the thing is, it was never, it, we never really developed it. And I'm, I'm not quite sure why, you know, um, they, they, they had a few actors, you know, playing Zial. I think, you know, they, they, the writers themselves were, were, were looking for, you know, for, for something. I don't know what they were looking for, but we, we never went far enough with it. Because as far as we got, it was more of a paternal relationship. Okay. You know, you know, and and being and being the daughter of, of Gold Cot, who's about as warm and cozy as a cobra. <laughs> you know, I, I imagine she, to, for her to run into you know an older Cardassian male who has soul and who can be kind and empathetic. I think that was you know that that was part of it. In terms of a sexual relationship, that that it never went there, you know. Yes, never got there, uh, and and that's fine with me. That that's okay, uh, and 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 I I have a feeling that the, then the writers just decide to say, oh no, forget about it. No, we'll just keep things as they are. Did you feel like uh, you were well served in general by the writers? Oh, brilliantly, brilliantly. They were, I mean, the, the writers, and, and the thing is, you know, John, it's like when a writer loves a character, then, then that, that, for an actor, that's the best thing. And, and the writers, or at least, you know, the writers who, who you know, were in charge, so to speak, of, of Garrick and his storyline, they loved Garrick. And, and especially when, you know, the Garrick's storyline, especially when you get into the Dominion War and the end of the show, I mean, I couldn't believe it. I was blown away. I kept expecting for years to get a script in which that was it for Garrick. He's, he's, sure. He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> and it never came. Instead, what came was increasingly, you know, more depth, more involvement. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, the writers, you know, I... I, 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 I'm not pretending that I didn't do a good job with the character. I certainly did. Yeah, you did. But, but, but it was like the writers also. I mean, they did a fabulous job with Jack. But you had these great 
uh, specific moments with different characters. And I mean, and really, you could say that about the whole cast, but God, going back to uh, specifically a couple things in the Dominion War, one, uh, that one moment uh, when uh, Odo uh, had to face the uh, other founders, and uh, uh, Garrick had a moment of thinking of, uh, you know, exploding the founder's planet and Worf catching him and that wonderful dynamic between you and Michael. Garrick, just as I thought. Don't tell me. I overlooked one of the security monitors. You were trying to override the launch controls for the quantum torpedoes. I was hoping to gain control of the phasers as well. I just hadn't got around to it yet. Don't you see? We have an opportunity here, a chance to end the Dominion threat once and for all. We have enough firepower on this ship to turn that planet into a smoking cinder. Personally, I think that would be a very good thing. And what about Odo and Captain Sisko and Dr. Bashir? They'll die. And once the Jem'Hadar ships realize what we're doing, so will we. But what are our lives compared to saving the entire Alpha Quadrant? We are not here to wage war. I'm not talking about war. What I'm proposing is wiping out every founder on that planet, obliterating the Great Link. Come now, Mr. Worf. You're a Klingon. Don't tell me you'd object to a little genocide in the name of self-defense. I am a warrior, not a murderer. What you are is a great disappointment. That's a great dramatic moment. And again, like, you know, Garrett could be our humorous friend, but also could be quite deadly. And and to be able to play that range must have been fantastic. Oh, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. I mean, you know, I mean, the, the, the range and, and, and the depth of the character was, uh, you know, that's, that's, that was a dream for me. It really was. How about working with Avery Brooks and specifically, obviously, in the Pale Moonlight, where again, oh, you know, the, co-cons- the, co- the co-conspirators, man, and uh, Cisco having to get as dirty as Garrick to get the job done. That's right. That's why you came to me, isn't it, Captain? Because you knew I could do those things that you weren't capable of doing. Well, it worked. And you'll get what you want. A war between the Romulans and the Dominion. And if your conscience is bothering you, you should soothe it with the knowledge that you may have just saved the entire Alpha Quadrant. And all it cost was the life of one Romulan senator, one criminal, and the self-respect of one Starfleet officer. I don't know about you, but I'd call that a bargain. Oh, no, I love that episode. And, and working with, 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 with Avery was such a joy. And especially those last scenes, you know, where suddenly Avery, you know, realizes that, <clears throat> you know, or Cisco realizes that, that, that what he had hoped for happened. And, and, and it's... Uh, and he tried to put it off on Garrick, and Garrick set him straight on that. This is, you wanted this to happen. You just didn't want to do it yourself because you have these Federation sensibilities that, that I don't. It, you know? It's always these alien characters that uh, observe and comment on the human condition. And, and, yeah. and that is, I think, one of the strengths of Star Trek is to see ourselves through the eyes of other species with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry 
Sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And, uh, you, you know, yeah. Did you, uh, how much input would you give? Because I know that the word was sacrosanct on the Trek sets. And to get a line changed was, you know, like moving mountains and stuff. Were you able to work with the writers and inject more of what you felt the character needed to be over the seven years? No, over seven years, there was just only one instance where I ever questioned what the writers had done. And I can't remember the name of the episode, but it was a scene between Armin and myself, between Cork and Garrett. And we call it, lovingly, the root beer scene. Oh, sure. <laughs> That's right. And, and, but, the, but the scene, when we got it, was the, the only time when I thought, what the fuck is this scene about? And Armin, <laughs> you know, had, had the same feeling, you know. We, you know and, and so we, Jim Conway was, was the director, and we were apologetic. Jim, I said, listen, Jim, you know, or Armin said it, you know, we both did that essentially, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we would love to do this scene, but we don't know what the hell to do with the scene. What, what is this scene about? My only hope for salvation is the Federation. I know precisely how you feel. I want you to try something for me. Take a sip of this. What is it? A human drink. It's called root beer. I don't know. Come on. Aren't you just a little bit curious? <sighs> what do you think? It's fire. I know. It's so bubbly and cloying and happy. Just like the Federation. But you know what's really frightening? If you drink enough of it, you begin to like it. It's insidious. Just like the Federation. Do you think they'll be able to save us? I hope so. And so the only time then when the writers, because the writers rarely ever came down to deal with a, with a problem with the, with the script. And they, you know, because the scripts were, were really tight. And they came down and we finally worked it out. And, and the scene ended up being great. Oh, I so agree. My God, again, it starts with these humans and their root beer and all this stuff. And then, you know, you're mocking basically how ridiculous uh, the, the the Starfleet people are. And then that moment of like desperation of, God, do you think they can save us? <laughs> you know, that was that's a great turn, man. I mean, again, I, I, I'm such a fan of, of great stage and film and television with those kinds of character moments so uh whatever they told you they told you the right stuff because you guys nailed it oh yeah no i mean and we, but that was the, you know, the great thing they were willing to work it out because they realized that it wasn't quite there if if they didn't believe that the scene wasn't there they wouldn't have come down they would have just said shoot the scene and shut up sure you know <laughs> uh, and you know and and i and believe me that has happened not to me but it, it has happened to other actors on the show but they realized that the scene wasn't quite up to it, and so that's what that's what brought them down to you know to to work it out with us. Fair enough. I also, with regards to a stitch in time, 
I was reading about that. And I, I wonder if you don't mind explaining uh, your process to understand the character and uh, the things you did that ended up really informing how you wrote the book. Yeah, you know, it's... Uh, well, the, the main, as I, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, John, the, the main uh, motivation for, for writing the book it was I kept I kept a journal as if you know Garrick's journal. Yeah, you know, sim- simply to give myself a subtext. For, Certainly, you know, because because I, I obviously all the aliens are are, are humanoid in, in one sense or another. I mean, you know, or you know, tend that way. But the more I, I was trying to think out of the box as much as possible to. You know, to create to create something for myself that I that I've never done, and so as 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 the as the yeah, as my my journal so to speak you know developed, so did my my interest in in like creating this this world, because there was there was there was nobody writing about Cardassia, and so I had free reign, I could create whatever I wanted about the Cardassian homeland, which is what I did. And that was a real pleasure. And of course, I'm using, I'm using stuff, you know, from, oddly enough, from my own past. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I spent eight years at, at this, at this uh, sort of industrial uh, boys school in, in Rhode Island when I was a kid. So I, I that that whole thing about Garrick at the Bamaran Institute and, and his education, uh, and and I never knew my father. My father was killed in the Second World War. Yeah, uh, you know. So uh, there, there was always that thing that 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 set Garrick apart. Um, so there, it was a, it was a combination of of what my own personal experience, melding that together with. What what really good science fiction writers do, which is to extrapolate from current circumstances and then imaginatively project those circumstances or those those pieces of information and experience into a future. Uh, and, uh, and, and 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 again, it was because I love the character. This is so it, it just still blows my mind. I loved the character. So that that what, what was what drove me as as I I, I created the, you know the, the this 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 story. Fair enough, and again, uh, I think we're all looking forward to hearing uh, the audio book when it comes out in a couple weeks. Uh, that's that's going to be great. As someone who grew up with uh, classic radio drama, uh, you know, uh, I, I, yes. how, how much audio uh, performing have you done in your career? I haven't done much. I haven't done much. But as a kid, I mean, I was, you know, I, I didn't I didn't own a television set until I was in my 30s. Wow. And I'd moved out. I'd moved out to to, to Los Angeles. And I figured, well, if I'm, you know, I started doing television. I, and I figured, well, <laughs> if I start doing television, I'd better start watching it. But I, I didn't I never I was always a radio guy. I, I mean, I listened to all those shows. But I never, I, I never had much of, you know, I never had much experience. I, I did a few plays, you know, audio plays. And, okay. You know, WBAI in, in New York. Yes. Or, or here at, K, at, at KPFK in, in L.A. where there, were, there used to be a lot of 
radio drama. But this this was my first time, you know, reading a long form, and uh, and and I loved it. I had such a good time. Well, yeah, because again, it's you, you you know you're sitting there with your earphones in this little room, and and especially since I wrote the book, I mean, I wrote the book. I could visualize the whole thing. I I you know I I could see the whole journey and, and the worlds that that Garrick you know uh, inhabited. Well, even uh, the thing you did for Sid's uh, YouTube channel, Sid City, um, again, I think uh, you guys all uh, really brought back the characters just by reading the dialogue. I mean, we're watching you read. but um, yeah. And also now, um, I don't know how aware you are, but in the podcast world, uh, audio drama is back and quite sophisticated and takes full yeah. advantage of music and uh, good performing and all. And I know you've done uh, your sh- uh, a couple things recently in animation. You were part of uh, Dodo, Dragon's Blood. That's right, exactly. Very- Although I don't know what happened to them. I, you know, I was hoping that we, we would continue, but they never, you know, it, it, it never did, you know, so... Yeah, some of those uh, some of those Netflix deals, uh, unfortunately, uh, the initial you know run is really all you get and everything. And I know that happens both in live action and even more so in animation. So, yeah, right. I'm hoping I'm hoping to talk to Ashley Miller uh, about it. I know he was the showrunner for uh, Dota. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I know he's a big. He must have been. I I don't know if he cast you specifically, but I know he's a big no, Star I think Trek he, guy. He did very nice person. I'm, cool. Yeah, absolutely, he did. Yeah. That's great. That's fantastic. Um, well, again, I know uh, I, we're all looking forward to seeing you at Terrificon in a, in a couple weeks uh, at Mohegan Sun the uh, last weekend in July. And, uh, you know, uh, man, uh, we were all scared that you guys wouldn't be able to do conventions. So it's so nice for the fans to be able to come and see you and, uh, you know, buy a selfie with you or get a get a nice Garrick shot. Um, you know, what, uh, I, I you know, are you... Uh, what are you doing? I mean, uh, well, I guess uh, again, uh, sag rules. We can't talk about future projects. Excuse me. So oh, no, <laughs> well, I no. I mean, I don't know. No, we we can talk about we can talk about whatever we want to talk about. Okay. I think the, the, the rules involve you know it's, it's like you just can't go go out and work. Okay. You know. All right. That's that's the rule. It's it's, it's sag rule number one. You don't, sure. You know, I'm. You, you don't cross the ticket line. Amen. Know? But we can we can talk, you know. But uh, but basically now I'm you know I'm I I, I just I finished um, before the strike happened. The, the, um, oh God, what is that? It's a really lovely series, the Twelve Sided Cube. I think it is. I did a couple episodes of that. I had a great time. Uh, it, it's a YouTube series. Oh. Um, their second their second season. Um, and also, you know, I'm, I'm doing some theater, and at the end of the year, I'll be doing a play. I mean, I, that's that's me. I just, you know, cobble it together and, and, and do whatever comes along. I, I noticed uh, your you did you find or found the Matrix uh, Theater? No, I was I was the artistic director there for many years. Okay, okay. I watch um, Connor Trenier's, uh podcast, and I know that's some, right. Yeah, and we we. It was so funny because we we did it, you know. My episode we we, we did from the Matrix. Yeah, which was, yeah. Well, and I and I love that you've uh, they use your uh, your video clip of uh, like, subscribe, and you know sponsor us on Patreon. And as a podcaster, I can relate, and I uh, I absolutely love that 
they had you do it, and it's it's pretty cute yeah. to see that every week on the episodes. Yeah. Very funny. Yeah. Excellent. Angie, thank you so much for talking to me today. Oh, John, my pleasure, friend. My my, my absolute pleasure. I look forward to meeting you, you know, out in, out in, the, out in the old, you know, God, I, I, I spent many years as a kid in Hartford, so I think this is going to be one of the, oh, that's one great. Of the first, time, first times back, I think even a couple of, you know, you know, relatives who are still alive who will be stopping over at the convention as well. So I, I'm looking forward to the whole thing. You know, honestly, Andrew, I, I tell all my friends who end up doing the show, because a lot of, uh, I, I talk to a lot of other nerd culture people and comic book creators and that, and the great thing is, hey, if you like to gamble, Mohegan Sun has a nice little casino. But that said, it's just <laughs> a nice, it's a nice resort. It really is, and it's a, a great yeah. time of year. And uh, no, it's a, it's a, it's, and it's a, it's a mellow convention. It's not as intense as a San yeah. Diego. Um, are you doing, are you doing Las Vegas? I mean, God, that's the week after. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be at Vegas. Woo. All right, man, I'll tell you. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I, 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 I got to lie down after a convention weekend. I know. Those, those, they, they are intense. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and the cruises, do you do the cruises too? I did. I did. I did my first. I did. I did one just recently. You know, uh, not to at the. I think at the end of February. Okay. Uh, which was a lot. Of, a lot of fun. That's terrific. Well, again, two weeks from now, I really look forward to uh, to meeting you in person, and uh, hope I'm gonna I'm gonna make you take a selfie with me because this is this has been so much fun uh, meeting you and and talking to you today. I can't thank you enough. No, you're very welcome, John. You take care now. All right, we'll stop there. That was great. So great, Andrew. Truly, I I can't no. thank you. Such a great opportunity to talk to Andy Robinson. Uh, it was uh, fun, and I hope you enjoyed it. And I can't wait to see him in two weeks at Terrificon at Mohegan Sun, the last weekend in July. And don't forget, A Stitch in Time is available now as a uh, paperback novel or an ebook. But if you want to wait a couple weeks, August 1st, it's available as an audiobook as well. So, uh, man, uh, nothing like uh, hearing Garrick's story in his own voice. And honestly, you got to go to Sid City, uh, Alexander Sid Diggs' channel, and check out that uh, table read that he and Sirach Lofton and none of his store and uh, Armin Shimmerman and uh, Alexander Sid Digg and Andy all do this great post DS9 series story that's in four parts and uh, pretty great. And they're all just slipping back into character and kicking ass. So I absolutely recommend that. Go to Sid City, that's Alexander Sig Digg's YouTube website. That'll do it for today's Word Balloon. Thanks a lot for listening. Uh, more great stuff coming up this week. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, the, the month of July continues. I cannot wait for Terrificon. I'll be doing a lot of great panels and presenting those as well as upcoming episodes here on Word Balloon. Thanks a lot for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions. Copyright 2023. Have a great summer, everybody. <laughs>